You're listening to the Off the Line Soccer Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Off the Line Soccer Podcast. My name's Jack. Today I'm joined by Jake and Aiden. What's going on, guys? Hi, Jack. Um, I don't have much going on right now. Just happy and sad that the season's over, but the new one's coming soon, and very happy that Aiden's back from camping. Aiden, how was your trip? Thanks for asking, Jake. It's great to be back. It was a good trip. Enjoyed the weather. Nice to be away from all. The COVID stuff for a little while. Kind of yeah. bummed that there's not games on every day, but like you said, it's coming back quickly. Are you well over there, Jack? Okay. Happy the season's done? Yes, I, I, uh, I'm I, very happy. I, I didn't enjoy it. It didn't go as I thought it probably would have, um, but, you know, I, I don't think I'm alone in saying, obviously, it's a unique season. But I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm just happy it, it, it's done. It's over in the new season is uh is coming pretty quick so it's not going to be too long before we get to see the games again uh today's show we're just going over the premier league stuff um let's give our quick takes on how the table ended up then we'll uh then we'll explain all three of our starting 11s or team of the season starting 11 something that we've come up with and then uh we've also got some awards some unique awards that we're going to give out that we voted for um, but that'll, that'll be closer to the end of the podcast. But do you guys want to just go over? I'll come to you first, Jake. Do you want to just give your thoughts on how the season ended uh, for Man United and also just your overall thoughts on the, the table? Yeah. Um, well, obviously, very happy United finished third uh, after their win against Leicester. Um, obviously, not sure I was expecting that halfway through the, halfway through the season. So it's honestly the best thing that, that could have happened to United finished third. Because obviously no way they're going to catch City or Liverpool, but it was a it was not a not a great game. There weren't that many chances. It was kind of scrappy. Um, but yeah, United got the job done. And I'm happy. It was nerve wracking, like I said, but uh, couldn't be happier with the way the the seasons ended. And it didn't it didn't matter that Chelsea won their game since United pulled through in the second half. And just just very very happy. So yeah, Champions League qualification. Finally, no more Europa League. Yay. Just to piggyback off what Jacob was saying, yeah, I basically just feel the same thing and just a laggy performance. Every All the players look nervous, really tired, and it was just you're going to have to win those games if you're going to get to that next level as a team, though. You can't always be playing your best every week, so hopefully we can see that progression next season and add some depth in the transfer window. And on top of that, I kind of feel a little bit sorry for Leicester that they collapsed so hard and fell out of the top yeah, so four, badly. but they – they did it to themselves. So that's my only real thoughts. And I'm a bit disappointed that we couldn't work something out with Leicester and just draw on the final day and Chelsea lose. But we had to take matters into our own hands. Johnny Evans must have got a nice pay pay time to do the deed. And he did it well. So he was a big help. He was a help. What do you think, Jack? Any thoughts on the top four or anything like that? Everton, anything? Uh, Yeah. Well, Obviously, if I was a United fan, I'd be really, really happy if you guys are. Um, finishing third, I don't think anybody expected that come come Christmas time. But, you know, with the signing with Bruno coming in, who's just transformed the club and Bruno and Pogba and uh, Greenwood coming through and really having a breakout season. There's a lot to, to look forward to, and they've got the Champions League qualification. So 
Um, not that United can't attract players, but they're in the biggest competition now, most competitive. Like you said, you feel bad for Leicester. I know I was a little bit, I feel like I might've been a little bit harsh on them last podcast saying, I think that this Leicester city squad on paper should be finishing top four, but I don't think I like considered the, a lot of their injury problems that they've had. So really even since yeah. lockdown, they've yeah. had a lot of injury problems. So James Madison is hugely important. So uh, I'd probably, I could take that back and say that they should be getting top four no matter what. And the pressure should be on Brendan Rogers. I'll probably take that back because they did, they weren't fully fit similar to, as from an injury perspective, similar to Everton, who uh, were injured, like everybody was injured for the whole season. They finished 12th, which was terrible Good. after losing. Oh, it was terrible. Don't even joke. It was it was awful. It was painful to watch. They finished 12th. They lost to Bournemouth on the last day of the season. So Bournemouth took six points, took all the points off of Everton this season and got relegated. Uh, but yeah, for Everton, the season ended exactly how it started, which was just really, really bad. But uh, I'm happy that it's finally done. Uh, we've got a short little break here. The transfer market's finally open. And uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully they get those signings that they need because they they were shocking in midfield and they're, they're not going to compete with anybody if, if, they, uh, if things aren't changing on the field, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to next season, and I yeah. don't think it could get. I don't think it could get any worse than that one. That one was pretty bad. But and, um, sorry, what were you gonna say, Jake? No, it was like you said. Um, we were talking about Bournemouth. They took six points off Everton and and three off United. So they they won just over 25 percent of their total season points just in those three games against United and Everton. So not great for the clubs that we support, but yeah, it's it's not good. Everton also lost to Norwich at Goodison Park this season just and they lost to Villa at Villa oh, Park right. like just yeah not not good stuff and they drew and they drew Villa at Goodison Park just dropping points to the teams that aren't even staying up like Norwich weren't even close and they beat us so uh yeah but I'm still hopeful I've still got some optimism left I'm sure it's just going to continue to decrease over the years but uh hopefully I'm proven wrong and next season's better do you guys uh, we've already spoken about the implications of all the teams moving forward. If you guys want, we, we can just move straight into just giving our starting 11s and subs if you have them for the for the team of the season this year. Yeah, I, just have, do you want? I will. I just have something I want to play for on, the Jake. United game. That made me very happy. You, Aiden will like this. Jack, maybe not. There you go. That's just that's all I was thinking after the game. I was happy with that. Very nice, Jacob. Great okay. tribute. Copyright strike there, Jake. Thank you. <laughs> Before very we much. move on, I know you guys already did, but I just want to give my condolences to the Norwich, Watford, and Bournemouth. It was a it was a good ride, but it's over. <laughs> and Norwich, like, get out of here. You lost more games than twenty seven, and you scored goals twenty six. So oh it's just horrible. shocking. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. <laughs> So, yeah. I didn't know about that stat. On to the team of the season, boys. One more thing. I was, I will admit, I was wrong. I, I thought Nigel Pearson would get in the bust up in the changing room, and I thought he would keep Watford in the Premier League. But unfortunately, as, well, actually, I was happy. Actually, I like Villa more than Watford, but I was wrong in predicting that Watford would stay up. They did not. But another go. interesting oh. point, just quickly. Villa just staying up off the VAR decision against Sheffield. Yeah. 
that never happened. That goal basically kept him in the league. So it's just – it was really an anomaly of a season. <clears throat> the AR coming in, coronavirus, all causing Liverpool to win the league. <laughs> Let's just forget about that one. You're right, Jack. <laughs> Go on to the team of the season. No, that, I was just about to say, that's what we need to remember. Just everybody, let's just forget about this season. It didn't count. Let's yeah. just say that. So, oh, before we start, we, before we give our teams, I just want to point out, like, like last week, me and Jake gave our starting 11s from, made up of players from the relegated teams, and we didn't talk to each other, speak about it before, and just happened to be pretty much exactly the same team. Uh, this time around, we've just all agreed on a formation, so 4 2 three, one. Um, and then we'll we'll go from there. But we haven't discussed players or said, oh, like I've got this person. So uh, hopefully it's not exactly the same, but but we'll see. Uh, Jake, do you want to start us off with your with your goalkeeper? Yeah, I I put uh, Dean Henderson in. It was for me. It was between him and Allison, but Henderson played um, more games in the season. Um, I don't know if he was more important to Sheffield United than Allison was to Liverpool, but you saw him pull out some big saves. Um, just he had a couple of mistakes against Liverpool and against another team, maybe Watford, I believe. But other than that, he was he was solid, and it was just a, a big downgrade between him and Sheffield United's backup goalkeeper. I don't even know his name. So, yeah, I think I think Dean Henderson uh, earned his spot. Who the who did you put in? Uh, I went with Ederson because. I'm well. I'm a huge fan, but he also he did he got the Golden Glove Award. And uh, from my perspective, I just uh, as a player, I think he's kind of changed the goalkeeping position and what's expected from a modern day goalie. When you see yeah, like enough. the amount of passes he plays, how good he is on the ball, just overall as as a player, just throw him in center midfield if you want. You can you can do it, but no, just his ability, his passing ability, his control, um, and he did. Obviously, he got he got the Golden Glove, and that's that's uh, very much down to the fact that Man City have the ball the whole game. And I know there, were, I think I saw a stat saying like that he conceded a lot of shots from like outside of the box. But for from my perspective, goal he got the Golden Glove, and I just I enjoy uh, the style and what he's brought to the Premier League. Uh, Aiden, who'd you go with? Uh, those are good shouts. I also had Dean Henderson. Like everything Jake was saying. He's probably going to be – I don't know if he was announced, but he's probably Sheffield's player of the season. He also had the highest uh, save percentage for keepers that played over 25 matches in the Premier League. Uh, I think it was about 82.5%, something around there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Golden Glove, yeah, that's, that is good. It can also come down to the team's performance. I'm a bit biased picking Henderson. Uh, both of the keepers I can – both of them made mistakes. I could have put Allison in there too, but I just don't think he played enough games for me to put him in yeah. right now. Same same yeah. reason that I don't have Henderson, but we'll get into that later. So yeah, mm-hmm. just just uh, sorry, Jordan Henderson. I don't have him. I have Dean Henderson <laughs> him as my keeper. I just think yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just he he also was was uh, surprising for me. I think he deserves it just based on the level of club that he's at compared to some other. Yeah, and the just the amount of. Uh, shots that he'll have to face could change when he goes to like uh, if he came back to United it'd be more about concentration but right now I was impressed with his shot stopping yeah for sure on. yep I think that, that's a good shout uh yeah like like you said Aiden, I probably if uh if Allison was fit for the whole season he would definitely be up there in my opinion 
as a as a contender because he, he really doesn't really make mistakes, but he did miss a bunch of games through injury. Mm-hmm. So I think Ederson and and Henderson are both. I think they're probably the best shouts. I, I see. Mm-hmm. I can see where you guys are coming from. Yeah, uh, Jake, who'd you go with for uh, left back? Oh, for left back, I went Robertson. I'm sure. Uh, <clears throat> I'm sure we all have the same left back there, but. Uh, I mean, we all know about Liverpool's defense and how their wing backs or their full backs um, are the main creators of the team. Uh, I think, again, this season, Trent had the most assists and then Robertson had the second most assists. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. He's he's good defensively and he, he contributes going forward. So that was my reason. And there, there wasn't really another standout left back uh, that I could think of that uh, this season. Did you guys have the same the same pick? Uh, I, I went with Robertson as well. I don't like him. I, I really don't like him, but he is like when you watch Liverpool, just spamming the crosses in, like he finished with 12 assists. Good, really, really good going forward. I think uh, during the break, he has been kind of exposed defensively at times, but you know, yeah. with the amount that he gives to the team going forward, both of the fullbacks, like Trent too, but both of them going forward just provides so, so much. Uh, to the team that you can kind of forgive whatever defensive like uh, um, defensive weaknesses that they show and um, yeah overall I, I don't think another left back in the league this season even came, came close to him. Aiden, what about you? Yeah, just saying. I I also had Robertson. They're just fullbacks usually like a weak position for for like a number of people that are standouts really. So he was just the only standout left back that I had. His positioning for me is a bit suspect at times, and then he, but he uses his work rate to cover himself a lot. But other than that, yeah, he was just, I think he had 12 assists on the season. So obviously, you can't really argue with that. Yep. Uh, who'd you go with for, for right back, Jake? It should be, should be quick. Right back, I went with Ricardo Pereira. I didn't go with Trent. Okay. Um, and I went with Ricardo because. I, I know we use like the injury thing to to explain to Allison too, but I think Ricardo Pereira only missed the post lockdown games. Yeah. So I mean it, it was eight games, but they were all in like a couple of weeks, so it kind of feels like he hasn't missed that much. Um and I just chose him because when at the time where he got injured, he was leading the league in interceptions and defensive actions and he was also one of Lester's uh main um ball progressors. I think he I'm not too sure. Two goals and five assists, I, I believe I read, something like that. Um, so he was contributing both ways. I think he was really important. And it's not to not to throw James Justin <clears throat> sorry, under the bus because he's a he's a really young player who came from League One. But you could you could see the difference between him and Ricardo Pereira and what they offer to Leicester. Um, and how Leicester works with Pereira in the side and without. So I think I don't think this is bias on my part. I think he just deserved it a bit more than Trent. Yeah, I'll, I'll go next. Like, if he played the whole season, I was going to include him, Pereira. He would have been my pick as well. But uh, I agree with Jake. I think he Lester lost a lot once he left. Like, in terms of an impact, I could see why you'd want to put him in. But for me, it had to be Trent, yeah. 13 assists, and very good on set pieces. I don't know. Like, it's really hard to argue with, with Trent and Robertson. Uh, I, I honestly, it would just be an experiment to see how they do and put different fullbacks in the Liverpool team and see how they do yeah. with that system. But yeah, for me, it was Trent all day. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, and no, I, I went with Trent as well. I was thinking about Pereira, but I, but I did see that like, he did miss 
uh, he did miss quite a few games there. It'd be interesting if, if he just kept that form throughout the whole season, I'd, I'd have him in. Um, but yeah, as, as we know, Trent in Liverpool spamming in the crosses. And I think I rate like as a, as an overall player, I think Trent's got a lot more to offer a team than, than Robertson. Cause I think Robertson, like you said, Aiden, if you were to put another fullback who just sprints up and down the line with like really, really good work rate and really fast and is willing to run, I think they could probably get close to the same numbers as Robertson. Whereas Trent, when you see all of his set pieces that he's taken, you can, you can see that the talent that he has with his, with his distribution, with his crossing, with his long passes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that for, for this season, like you said, 13 assists from fullback, even if it is uh, a result of the formation and the style of play, 13 assists is, is fantastic and really kind of has, um, uh, I don't want to say he's revolutionized fullback because it's like people haven't seen Danny Alves run down the wing for Barcelona when, when he was there, but in the Premier League, at least we haven't seen a player like with his uh, distribution from fullback in a long time. But yeah, I I went with Trent. Just you can't really, I can't really argue or justify against going um, with anybody else. But um, Jake, would you go with for uh, for your center backs? Okay, I'll choose the one that I think we all have in common. I went for Van Dyke. Um, again, that's another one where it's self-explanatory. We all know. Um, how much he's helped Liverpool's back line. Like he's made Joe Gomez and Joel Matip look like amazing center backs when I'm sure most of it is down to Van Dyke or not most of it. We'll say a lot of it is down to Van Dyke. Um, you know, he's a monster in the air. He's, he's not like very fast, but he's got like a decent turn of pace where he could catch up to some strikers before they could pull away from him. He's good in an attack. he can score goals. I think he, what's he got four or five goals this season. So, yeah, I mean, everyone knows about Van Dyke and how good he is. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's a surprise that Van Dyke uh, will make any of the team this seasons. Yeah, I, there's, I don't, there's nothing to really say. I think, like, we don't need to spend much time on this at all. He's, he's easily the best center back in the league, probably. Like, in my opinion, he's the best center back in Europe these days. Um, Aiden, I, I'm sure you have him in as well. Yeah, he was yeah. in there 100%. There you go. All right. Like, not even a good the one. There's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing to say. He is that he is that good. As much as I want to find flaws in this game, yeah, he's he's incredibly good. So yeah, there's no. He's the best center back. He's the best center back in the world right now. Is your other one? All right, my other one. I'm sure you guys might shake your heads on this one too. I went with Harry Maguire for this one. And first thing to say is I'm not. I know you guys know. I don't know if there's anyone listening, but. I'm not the biggest fan of Harry Maguire <clears throat> in the world, but I think just the the transformation that he's helped with United's back line has been incredible. Like last season, United finished 11th for goals conceded. I know it was under two managers and through a rough patch or a couple of rough patches, but last season, United were 11th in goals conceded. This season, they went all the way up to third. Um, so obviously, Maguire had a big a big uh, impact on that. Um, and that's not to say that he's perfect because he's far from it. There's lots of Lots of things that um, when I watch United, I, it's little things, but they annoy me uh, from Harry Maguire. And there's also, he's got mistakes in them too, uh, like we saw against uh, Steven Bergwijn uh, the first game after the restart. And usually when Maguire makes a mistake, it usually leads to a pretty good chance for the other team. So that's why he's pretty infuriating sometimes. But um, after the defense that we had last season with Phil Jones and Chris Smalling and and Lindelof and, and Bai being injured, and that was it. I mean, 
definitely had to sign a center back and and Maguire has been a big improvement on those guys so yeah I know that might this might be partly biased from me too but I think he's transformed United's defense and he's he's the captain already he was made captain six months after coming to the club so it just show, goes to show how he is behind the scenes too he's a he's a real leader and he's what United need in the back line so Jack who did you put in instead of Maguire uh, I, I actually went with Harry Maguire as well. Oh, I, uh, yeah. And it was it was just for the fact you can't really ignore the transformation in Man United's defense. Now, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Aaron Wan-Bissaka doesn't, doesn't get beat on the dribble and is incredibly good defensively. And I think, um, and I think obviously he's improved the team a lot, but having Maguire having a leader back there, it's not like, some people say Maguire's like average. I don't think he's average. He is he's like good. He is a good player. Mm-hmm. I think people are gonna obviously compare him to like the world record fee that he cost. But I try to ignore the value of players with transfers transfers these days and just go by performances. And when you look, yeah, Man- Manchester United only conceded. Uh, I'm looking here, 36 goals in the Premier League this season, which is the third best defensive record in the league. And really, if you think about it, they only really started playing well once Bruno came in in January. Yeah. So if, if they were there the whole season, next season will really tell how, how much of an impact he had. But from an instant impact in shoring up the back line, I'd, I'd put Harry – yeah, I had Harry Maguire as my center back. I will say, uh, Soyuncu from Leicester, I was thinking about putting him in, but he did get sent off. A couple of games ago, in my opinion, as good as he was the whole season, he kind of cost Leicester the top four. Like he cost them a chance to get into the top four because he was suspended, and instead of having him in the team, you have Captain West Morgan. Um, so he he makes my bench. If we have a bench, I'll just put Soyuncu goes on the bench. If he didn't get suspended, he would be in the starting eleven because I think Leicester probably would have finished in a in a stronger position. But what what about you, Aiden? Yeah, no, I think I don't really think it's that out there to say Maguire was in the team of the season because he is probably like third best at aerial duels in the league. And then he also completed the third most pass. And he played every game with injections in his leg. I'm pretty sure he was injured since after lockdown. So that was a good shout. But I actually had Soyuncu. I do agree he kind of cost himself – didn't cover himself in glory when he got the red card. Might have cost Leicester, but they probably wouldn't have been in that position if it wasn't for him. How he was covering the ground, and a big part of Leicester was uh, Pereira and Chilwell getting in the spaces behind the other team's fullbacks, and so he would always have to cover using his pace behind like a, a bit of a slower Johnny Evans. He's also good at playing the ball, too, and he can step out. And just the actual step up that he had this season from being a backup and taking over for a the world record defender and starting. I just think that he deserved uh, to be in the team of the season. Maguire is a good shout though, uh, for sure. Just some of the, I know as a United fan, just some mistakes that he does, I just can't unsee. So there was that clip. There was that clip on Twitter of him the other day when he was like dribbling the ball and then burned and then just started running into Matt. Matic, yeah. just look, it was calamity and just did not did not make him look too good. But yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. The other thing about Van Dyke, I think I was saying this to Jake yesterday, is I'm pretty sure Van Dyke set the Premier League record for passes completed this season. So he beat Jorginho's record by like 400. But anyways, we can move on. I just thought that was very impressive from Van Dyke. Yeah, it is. Uh, Jake, who'd you go with? Your first midfielder. 
Uh, yeah, so I picked Kevin De Bruyne um, just because it's similar to Van Dyke. I mean, there's really no arguing it. It's not really debatable. We know exactly what he offers. He's a two-way midfielder. Um, I can't remember if he tied or if he set the Premier League record for the most assists in the season. I believe he tied Thierry Henry. So that's very impressive in its own right. And we all know uh, about like his crosses from the right-hand side. How, I mean, I, I don't remember if I've ever seen a better crosser other than David Beckham. Uh, I know there's lots of options there, but it's just just what's on my mind. Um, so yeah, he could chip in with his goals, and he's actually he's actually pretty good too going to going defensively and following Pep's orders wherever he needs them. So that's why I used him in one of my uh, DM spots. Um, and yeah, again, there's not not too much more to say about this, and I think it's pretty inevitable that he's in that he's in everyone's teams. But Jack or Aiden, what are your thoughts? Jack, go ahead. I know yeah, you love KDB. Yeah, yeah, he's he's one of my favorite players. So obviously, he's in he's in my team. Um, I think he he, I think he deserves the year. I don't like like you said, Jake. I don't think you really need to explain how good he is. Like if you just watch him, look at the numbers. T- tying Thierry Henry for the all-time Premier League assist record for for one season. Plus, I think he scored like ten or eleven goals as well. Um, he's just an incredible player. The world's best and I think he deserves player of the year. Uh, Abe, what do you, what do you think? Obviously world-class. There's only probably – for me, there's probably only like three or four like world-class can be overused. I think there's probably only three or four world-class like midfielders in the Premier League, and I would say David Silva is one of those. He's leaving. So, in my opinion, there's probably only three there right now, De Bruyne, Pogba, and now Bruno maybe added to the mix. Obviously, De Bruyne is the best midfielder in the league. In my opinion, the best in the world. He can basically do everything. He's good at at pressing players too and taking the ball. He's strong. He's quick. Uh, yeah, his his uh, his shooting from outside the area is like probably yeah, among the amazing. best in the league as well. Uh, better than uh, the other two that I mentioned, Pogba and Bruno. Yeah, I agree. His crossing's really good. He he's good at like putting defenders in bad areas with his crosses by whipping them behind behind the defense and the players and yeah yeah he's between just, the goalie yeah you're right yeah he's just really the ultimate uh the ultimate player I, I can't really say much else yeah i i would say obviously the second second part to this is the fact that um that the football writers player of the year is announced and uh jordan henderson won that award and i just like to quickly see what what you guys think about that decision uh, overall, over a player like Kevin De Bruyne, in my opinion, I know I'm, like I don't want Liverpool players to do well, but my opinion, I don't know how you do that. You're just going with a story about Jordan Henderson's career and how he's come up, uh, even though he looked like he was never going to make it at the very, very top level. But I don't see how you like. It frustrates me that that a player with Kevin De Bruyne's ability and stats, everything, all the numbers doesn't get that award but what do you what do you guys think about it i just think it was a shocking decision uh all around like there's probably like five or at least five or six maybe even 10 players you can put in front of him it will we'll run through them in the in our rest of the team of the season here i, I think we're going to name a lot of names that would be better than henderson uh, if you actually look at the stats he's basically just a more physical version of James Ward pros in terms of interceptions and tackles and progressive passing. And without the delivery of James Ward pros, you can, yeah. anyone can look at those numbers. Those are, those are actually real. Um, 
And I, I don't think anyone would be saying James Ward-Prowse is, is going to win the player of the year. So I think a lot of it was just based off the last calendar year where he was man of the match in the Champions League final. And then just the fact that he's the captain of the winning team. That's what I was going like to say. Either, there's easily, yeah, there's easily like four or five players from his own club that are better than him. If you Salah, Mane, uh, Van Dyke, Allison all those players. And he only played, uh, I believe, 26 games, which is basically 66% of the Premier League matches. Yeah. and um, well, I would argue, though, that they did say that the that he wasn't – when he didn't play, Liverpool weren't performing as well. But I think over the course of a season, I still don't think he's that influential. Uh, I could be wrong with the stats there, but it's just my opinion. What were you about to say, Jake? No, I was going to – just uh, just to go on what Ain said, I think he was right. I think he – I don't know about mostly, but I think a big part of it, it, it definitely helps that he's English. And I think it's just like his leadership traits. Um, just the fact that he was the captain of the, like Aiden said, uh, just that he was the captain of the Liverpool team that won their first league title in 30 years and that they were, they looked to be on course to setting a points records. I think it, it helped them incredibly just that he was a captain in that team. And I'm not going to say, it's not like he was a liability, right? But he wasn't, he wasn't a game changer either. Um, but that's another discussion with their whole midfield. But I don't think he was really like an outstanding candidate in every game that he played. So I, I don't, I don't understand how he how he won the award. Let's just say that last that la- that last game that I watched from Liverpool against Chelsea, he didn't start, and it was telling, and he was not needed. It was uh, <laughs> Vinaldum. He doesn't have any assists in the last two seasons, but. That's here, here nor there. He's he's kind of just a shuttler. He wins back the ball. But they had uh, Fabinho, Keita, and Vinaldum. They didn't need Henderson. I think Henderson is a good worker, but you can see it on the international stage when he plays for England. He doesn't have the cutthroat quality. And I, I don't know. There's just a lot of better picks. Like, I don't know yeah. what else to say. Yeah, I feel like it's just Jake was right, too. It's just been a massive, like, media frenzy wanting Liverpool to get the title. Yeah, And I think that fed into it a lot. Yeah, I I do agree with you guys on on Henderson. He is he is a good player. I just don't think I think it's in my opinion disrespectful to compare him to a player. Maybe uh, we'll move on. Who's Jake? Who'd you go with for your other uh, midfielder? Um, so for my other one, I went with Mateo Kovacic uh, from Chelsea, just because he hasn't chipped in with a huge amount of goals and assists, but I think he's been really really important to what Frank Lampard has been doing there. Um, we obviously know a lot about him too. High energy midfielder, incredibly press resistant. You can't really, you never really see him get caught in the ball. He always manages to dribble away from someone or play a pass out. Um, and I just think, like I said, he was really important to the way Chelsea played, getting the ball upfield to their wingers and their striker quickly and letting them counter some teams when they had to. Um, and just, you know, just shuttling the ball to Pulisic to let him either score or assist. Um, and yeah, I just think he's, he was uh, the best midfielder in the Chelsea team that finished in the Champions League spot. So that was pretty impressive. Uh, Jack, who did you have? Yeah, I, I went with uh, Wilfred Ndidi because uh, I think without Ndidi, Leicester aren't even close to even close to the, the uh, Champions League spots. Uh, you can argue Ndidi right now is uh, one of the best defensive midfielders in Europe. He was second in the Premier League. For, uh, for tackles this season with 128 tackles, only behind uh, Juan Bissaka, who made one more, 129. But, yeah, just his ability, his energy to win the ball back. Um, he's decent on the ball. His 
passing range isn't super super limited but he's got he's got the energy just wins the ball back and it's just just a good uh, player to have in the team and uh, I think any team in the Premier League would be willing to have a player like Ndidi. Uh, Aiden, yeah, what do you? Who would you go with? Yeah, I think we were all kind of just picking maybe between Ndidi and someone else. Uh, so I was picking between Ndidi and Kovacic. I went with Kovacic. I could see why easily. I think he he did have a really big impact, but I just went with Kovacic just because I thought he was one of the real big constants in a Chelsea side that was kind of up and down all season. And I think as like Jake was saying, his uh, he's not really able to be pressed. He's really slick on the ball and he's, he can kind of do a bit of everything. Uh, he had 31 appearances and I just think his dribbling and his take-ons were really important for the Chelsea team and just feeding the ball forward. He's kind of just more of a number eight that just kind of, he doesn't play too many killer passes, but, He's really good for just breaking the press and moving around teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Jake, who'd you go with for your last midfielder? I went with someone who's only in the league for six months. I went with Bruno um, just because – I know this will definitely seem biased, but just because we've seen the impact that, that he's had at United, they went from, f- what, 15, 12, 15 points away from Leicester to overtaking them. Uh, on the penultimate weekend, he has eight goals and seven assists in 15 games in the Premier League. Um, he's just been incredibly important to United. And I, I believe we've touched on it on probably every episode since we started. But um, Bruno's just an incredible player, and he's really helped United turn the corner. And, and he's helped Martial, Rashford, Greenwood, well, less Rashford because he was injured. But, um, but yeah, it's just – there's not – enough words I could say about how happy I am to have him play for United and, and how dramatically he's changed the whole season for the whole club. Um, so Jack, I'm assuming you didn't have Bruno. Who did you have? I didn't go with Bruno. I would have, but he just came in January. I just, just couldn't do it. So he goes on the bench. If there's a bench, he's on my bench. There you go. Uh, if he was here for a full season, automatically he goes straight into the team. But I've gone with this one. Might, you might disagree, but hopefully you can see where I'm coming from. I went with Jack Grealish. And this yeah. is because he is a one-man team. Without Jack Grealish, Villa don't win a game this season. They're terrible. They're so bad. But if when Grealish, I, I think he's going to move this summer unless Villa, I think Villa are trying to price him out of a move. But I, I rate him incredibly highly. He's one of the only English players I've ever actually thought like, with all of the, the media giving English players a lot of hype and a lot of attention, he is one of the very few that I actually think like, wow, this player is yeah, it was justified. a special player. Um, and I hope, I, yeah. And I hope to see him play at a champions league uh, level club in like next season. He, he really is that good. Um, and to see him like, imagine if he was going to one of the champions league teams and how much he would improve them and what would his numbers be like in a top team? He's like really good player. And I also know he did like play on the left this season. I'm just throwing him in as a midfielder because I know he likes to play 10. Yeah. Uh, but Aiden, who'd you go with? Yeah, in my number 10 spot, I had Grealish as well. I had Bruno on the bench, like you were saying, just if he was a, had a bit more time, he would have definitely been in the team. Probably the biggest impact I've ever seen in the Premier League for one player, transforming the club. But Grealish, yeah, you can't really say much about him. He was really a one-man team and – Eight goals, six assists, and he was in a very like 
crap Aston Villa side. So <laughs> yeah. I can't really say anything else about him. Like I just hope he gets the move and that Villa don't dig their heels in. The he kept them up, so hopefully they do him a favor and move him on because he can't stay there forever if he wants to hit the heights that he's looking for. And yeah, I was just really impressed with how he was able to take the ball. Obviously, won the most fouls in the league this season by a long margin. Yeah, I was just really impressed with everything mm-hmm. from his game. And yeah, I think he has that kind of X factor, and hopefully, uh, he can come to Man United and the transfer window. <laughs> I would love him at Everton, but we are terrible, and it's yeah, never going to happen on. anymore. I think you mentioned something about uh, Champions League, so. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're not even – we're closer to uh, the championship, so. Oh, but, there you go. The blue tinted glasses are officially off. Hey, hey, that's what I said a couple of weeks ago. The blue I tinted know. glasses are gone, and I just look at this team and just – with a new midfield, we will see what happens. But right now, it's, it's so shocking. I'm going to stop repeating myself, but That's okay. Uh, we'll go left wing. Jake, who'd you go with? I went with uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Um, we know he's – technically considered a striker, but he's played on the left almost the entire of the season, uh, even though it's been like an inside left forward, but that's not important. Um, he's starting from the left. He finished, I believe, tied for second for goals in the league. Um, I know it's not based off of, off of past seasons, but that's after he hit 22 goals last season too, so he's incredibly consistent with his goals. Um, and he's he's Arsenal, we have the idea that Arsenal are good going forward, and they are, but he's probably – he's the biggest threat in their team by a country mile. Um, and I saw where some someone crunched the numbers and said that if you take out Aubameyang's strikes for Arsenal this season, they would have finished the table in 16th position. Um, so that just goes to show how incredibly important Aubameyang is to Arsenal. Um, even though they, even though this is time to make fun of Arsenal, they only finished eighth. Um, he was, he was incredibly important in that and, and of course, I think he's their their player of the season. So, uh, I think he's he's earned his spot. Jack, who did you put in? Yeah, no, I had Aubameyang in the left wing position as well. Obviously, he's like naturally yeah. a striker, but just for the sake of who I wanted to fit out in the left this season. Uh, no, pretty much exactly what you said. Uh, without Aubameyang, Arsenal offer very very little going forward as far as a a, a goal threat, and I, I can't even imagine where they'd be without him. Uh, and he, he really is like a world, a truly world class striker. And um, I think sometimes people forget about him when mentioning the world class strikers because he's scoring these goals with this Arsenal team. And with all due respect, they're just they're not amazing. Uh, they're, they're top teams, but he's still banging in the goals. Uh, Aiden, what do you think? Yeah, for my left winger, I kind of switched it around. I do have Aubameyang in, but he's not in the left. I had Rashford for left yeah. wing. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just think his his overall work rate for the team's a bit more than, than someone like Aubameyang. If he was playing in a, a wide position, he missed a few months with a two months with a broken back, played a different role after lockdown, more of a creator role. I think he also had a seven assists, 17 goals. I think it was in the league. It could be a bit off there, but, uh, and I think if he just works on his finishing, like the, chances that he is involved in I think he missed like 13 big chances this season so he would score like he in my opinion he could be the best winger in the league in about two or three years if United don't bring in more big players like Jaden Sancho uh so yeah I don't know I'm a bit biased but Marcus Rashford was a kind of a lock for me on the left uh 
mention. I if if there's a bench winger, I would put Sadio Mane on there because he was fantastic this season, especially in the first part. Um, but yeah, just for the sake of the players that I wanted to get my team, we can uh, we can quickly run on the left. We can quickly run through a just our bench. We don't have to give explanations, but we can run through our bench after just our seven subs to give honorable mentions because uh, I think they're deserved. If you have sure, them. yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I have. I have some of them. I was just kind of okay. getting them off the cuff. Who would you guys go with? Uh, yeah. <laughs> would you guys go with uh, up front as your striker? Up front, I put Danny Ings up front. Um, just because it was it was a big uh, big season for him. Uh, his second, his first permanent season at Southampton. His second season, we know all about all about all the injury troubles he's had, um, and of course, nobody expected him to to get near the amount of goals that he did. Um, he's another one who was incredibly important to the way Southampton played because he he scores goals, but he presses. He also plays some um, some killer passes. So he's got he's pretty much like a three and one player for Southampton. So. I think he he was uh, really important. Finish second top goal scorer, and I, it, it was between him and Vardy. So, um, so yeah, I just think Ings was a bit more of a surprise to everyone. So I think that's why I put him in my team. Uh, Jack, who did you put up front? Yeah, I, I had Ings as well. Uh, I would yeah. I would have had Vardy, but uh, for the fact that Vardy did take a lot, like he did take penalties this season, but uh, Ings only started to take penalties closer to the end of the season when they realized, when Southampton realized, Hey, this guy could win the golden boot. So he just started taking them at the end. But yeah, like you said, we all know his injury problems, uh, but he's just been, he's just been a fantastic player this season with his, with his work rate and his uh, clinical finishing at times. And uh, obviously fits Hassan noodle system perfectly. Um, and yeah, just very surprising. Danny Ings finishing second in the league yeah, in scoring with twenty two. Uh, Aiden, who'd you have? Yeah, Aiden, who'd you have up front? Yeah, those are. I have Ings on my bench, but it was really tightly run race. I just put Vardy, just because I think mm-hmm. of he obviously won the Golden Boot, but I also think even though he took some pens, just the fear factor and how he makes the opposition defenders sink a little bit more. And so Leicester can get on the ball because they're afraid of the pace and behind of Vardy. But obviously there's not really much to say. He scored 23 goals. They nearly made top four. He was kind of carrying them that area. And the second on their team was Perez with eight goals. So, yeah, yeah I just said Vardy was another class season from the 33-year-old. So it's got to be, yep. gotta be the, him for me. The oldest golden boot winner. There we go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Jay, who'd you have out right? And then we'll just quickly list off our honorable mentions. Um, yeah, so I put uh, Sadio Mane on the right. I know he spent the season on the left wing, um, but he's played the right. So I kind of took a liberty of making that change. Um, like Jack mentioned when he was talking about him for his bench, he, he really contributed to Liverpool, especially in the early part of the season. Um, but he kept his numbers consistent probably their main goal threat and there was a big debate between who was more more who's a better player between him and Salah and there was there was lots of questions surrounding that at the beginning of the season and a lot of people were going for Mane so uh that just goes to show how highly regarded he is um but yeah another one meant lots of goals lots of assists important to the way Liverpool play as we all know that front three um even though Firmino is not really a threat uh Mane and Salah definitely are um Mane had some great performances. I have to mention it, that 5-2 against Everton. That was a very good game from him this season. Um, and, yeah, I just think he's earned his spot here. So, 
Jack, who did you have? Not Sadio. Yeah, I'm just trying to forget all of the games this season, to be honest. We I had, uh, I put, I put, oh, I'll try my best, but I, I had Mo Salah just because of a natural right winger. He did have an incredible season 19 goals, 10 assists. Uh, he is a very good player. And the fact that season after season, for some reason, people keep saying, oh, like he's going to fall off this season. And by the end of the year, he's, he's putting out like 29 goal contributions. So, uh, really, really good player, huge goal threat all the time. Um, incredibly fast, very strong too, but you know, just, he's, he's an elite level player. Um, you know, nobody wants to play against him. And yeah, I just, I think he's very, very good this season. Uh, Aiden, what do you think? Sergio Ramos is having his way with that boy. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I had to put it in there. I'm just kidding. Salah was a great shout. I just <laughs> had, uh, I had Obama Yang. Just uh, I guess Rashford was kind of my odd one to have on the wing in some for some people, but I had Aubameyang on the right side. I think everyone knows where where the comedy club Arsenal would be if it wasn't for Aubameyang. Yet, like you guys were already mentioning on the left wing, there's not really much uh, to be said about him. He's he really is a great player, and he he does. I agree. He does get like Jack was saying. He does get left out of the discussion for one of the top strikers in the world just because he's he plays at a club that hasn't been relevant for for 10 or 15 years now so there you go. that's all i have to Just say with <laughs> and honestly though if imagine how many goals he would have scored if arteta was there from the start of the season i think yeah. it would have been Going it might have been 27 30 could have been a lot golden boot mm-hmm. season mm-hmm. you yeah. guys want to quickly list off your benches or yeah, I went with – I'll just list mine. I went with uh, Dean Henderson, was my backup goalie. Uh, Soyuncu, Ricardo Pereira, uh, Juan Bissaka, because I thought he was incredibly defense – like, incredible uh, at defending. Going forward, I'm still skeptical about because he looks like he's, like, allergic to crossing ball at the time, but he's very good defensively. Um, as good as Trent is offensively, Juan Bissaka is defensively, if that makes sense. Uh, and I've got Mane, Jamie Vardy, and just because I loved how he played the season, I just I threw Adam Achora on just because he's so exciting to watch. Yes. He's unstoppable when he gets when he starts running. That guy, he's unstoppable. I don't know what else to say. JQ, would you go with just just list them off? Yeah. All right. So just to say, I went with nine subs because I couldn't choose between players, and there was nine subs after the restart, so I used that as my loophole. Um, so on my nine substitute bench, I had Allison, I had Trent, uh, Jamie Vardy, Rashford, Mohamed Salah, uh, Jimenez, Raul Jimenez. I know, lots of attackers. Adama Traore, and I had Ndidi on my bench too. No, I was just going to say your your sub your substitute bench is better than your starting 11. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you had a lot though, so so it was you almost had a full 11 there. That was good though, I liked that. I'm glad you put Rashford on at least. For my subs, I had uh, uh, Nick Pope. I had uh, I had Egan as my center back. Yeah, that's a good one. I had Juan yeah, Basaka for for a fullback. Uh, center mids, I was really struggling. It was between uh, Bruno and Ndidi. I went with Bruno. Jordan. No, no, no. Gilfy Sigurdsson. Yeah, it's Gilfy, right. the set piece king. <laughs> and then I had Traore and Mane as my wingers. Troyer obviously uh, breaking the record for take-ons in the Premier League. And then I had Danny Ings as my striker on the bench. Perfect. Nice. 
So I think that kind of wraps up the team of the season. They're pretty, pretty similar. I think we all did well there, but do you guys want to move on to the awards now? Jack, take her away. Yeah, just lastly, obviously, it's just a little bit of fun. We've got a couple of, like, unorthodox uh, awards, not like, oh, best goal of the season or the season, just something that's a little bit more creative, a little bit different than that. So we've got a couple different things. Uh, we'll start off with the biggest fan overreaction. Uh, Jake, what, what would you say for this? All right, so for my biggest fan overreaction, I – Hope you guys can see it as a fan overreaction. It was when ESPN FC in the U.S., they, they had United in the relegation race. Um, I believe this was November, December. Um, so, yeah, just to explain it quickly, United were, I believe they were in the bottom half. They weren't doing great, but it was near the beginning of the season. Um, it was, of course, before Bruno came in and turned the, turned the fortunes around. Um, I think it was in the middle of this 12-game run where United only scored a maximum of one goal in each game. Uh, I believe it was during that, and they they had in the relegation race they had you know Norwich, Watford, Bournemouth, all those teams, and then they had uh, Manchester United as one of the one of the teams in there. So without uh, without going into too much detail, I I think that was a very very big overreaction. Uh, Jack, who did you have, or what did you choose? Mm-hmm. Well, I went I went with uh, a video I saw on YouTube from ESPN FC in uh, oh, the title they. They basically said, is Manchester City, and this was this was in like February or something, if I remember correctly. It was, it was a while ago. So it was, comparing, uh, it was comparing Kevin De Bruyne and Bruno Fernandez. But the title said, is Manchester City Kevin De, Manchester City's Kevin De Bruyne or Manchester United uh, Bruno Fernandez the better player? And this was after like, oh, this was after Bruno played for like a month. And the I was just thinking, Bruno. We, we need to slow down here. The answer is not Bruno. <laughs> we we just need to slow down One. here. Just as an overreaction after like a month of games played, that's just at the time just a little bit ridiculous. Um, but Once. like after a month of games played, but I don't know what what are you saying, Aiden? Just one's broken Frank Lampard's score record for a season from a midfielder, and one hasn't. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> After like a month of games, it's like to compare Kevin De Bruyne to a guy who's performing very well for a month. Granted, he did continue playing really well with all of his penalties that he's taken, but wow. uh, just after after a month of after a month of games played, I was like, "What? Well, what are you doing posting that?" It'd be different if you're posting it after a year. Then it's like, "Okay, well, you see his form." But uh, Aiden, what did you go with? I just went with uh, Liverpool fans after they won the title. Just you know, burning down the Everton headquarters, driving to Manchester, showing who the biggest club in the land was, going to Old Trafford, waving their flag there. <laughs> like, you couldn't just have a beer or something. Hey, you had to drive to Old Trafford, really showing who the biggest club was. Just still all eyes are on Old Trafford, even when Liverpool wins the title. There you so go, that's, the that's okay. Club. I just thought that that was uh, the biggest overreaction, was just the stupidity. Also, trashing their own city center doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but just – where there's memorial and such, they're just breaking those and trashing them. But anyways, yeah, I just right. think that was the biggest overreaction to Liverpool fans during the title. One title one. after 30 years. I think we've seen many teams come and go over that time that people would say they were going to be dynasties and they never turned out to be. So There you go. Um, we'll move on to the next one. The worst collapse of the season. Uh, I think we might have a similar one here. Jay, who'd you, who'd you go with? 
Um, for worst collapse, I went with a, a club in general. I went, I chose Watford for a collapse, and I chose them from last season compared to this season. Um, so for last season, they were in the top half for most of the season. They finished eleventh, eleventh, which was one of their best was best one of their best finishes ever in the Premier League. Um, and they reached the FA Cup where they got smashed, but they still reached it. So that was uh, pretty impressive. And then you compare that. It's like a big contrast to this season where they were relegated. They went through uh, three permanent managers, um, finished on 31 points, I believe. Just not a, not a whole lot to cheer for for Watford this season. Um, yeah, started off in their first four games with one one point, and then they fired Javi Gracia, who did well last season, like I mentioned. So, um, yeah, I think the biggest collapse from last season compared to this season was Watford. Jack, who did you choose? Uh, well, I I didn't go. Yeah, I didn't go with like a season or anything. I went with the result, and uh, I went with Everton against Newcastle. Yeah, the two two draw at Goodison Park. <laughs> which is just an absolute, like, just an embarrassing result after dominating for nine, for 93 minutes. Everton were up 2-0 only for substitution. Florian Lejeune, the center back for Newcastle, to score a goal in the 94th and 96th minute to salvage a draw at Gisson Park. And, just, like, it's just – that is a collapse. They just – the players lost their heads. I just can't believe that they could somehow. Th- well, I can believe it. It's just so sad that they can find a way to uh, conspire to throw away a win like that. But uh, that was my biggest collapse this season because it's just ridiculous that they could throw away a two nil, two nil win and drop points in the space of two minutes. But Aiden, what did you go with? I went with uh, Manchester City and their title defense. Uh, I think it was uh, wor- uh, worse than David Moyes' title fence when they finished seventh in terms of the point differential and last season they didn't even have De Bruyne this season they did so it was just a, not a great title defense that's all I can say and Guardiola will get away with it because he's in bed with like all the media apparently they don't target him for anything but other than that I think it was it was a bad collapse come on yeah. they can just sure. invest as many defenders as they want and it's not a big deal and United can buy one or two and it's if they don't perform to a world-class level then it's all in the papers because once again, you'd know who the biggest club is from that situation. Go on. <laughs> just finds a way to just sneak in the digs there every single time. Uh, every time. Sec- second last yeah. award uh, before we wrap things up. Uh, who was your biggest surprise of the season, Jake? All right. So for me, uh, my biggest surprise, I did mention it in my team of the season. I chose Danny Ings again for this one. Because, like I mentioned, the injuries, the fact that probably a lot of people thought, I don't know if a lot of people thought he was finished, but I'm, I'm fairly certain a lot of people didn't think he, he could cut it at the Premier League level, uh, especially after his injuries and scoring, I'd say, under 10 goals in his three years at Liverpool. Uh, I'm not sure, but something around there. So I'm sure a lot of people uh, wrote him off. And then he came to Southampton last season on loan, this season for a 20 million fee, and he scored uh, 22 goals this season. And he really... He really carried them up, uh, especially after that result against Leicester, where it looked like they were going to get relegated. And they finished the season in eleventh place, just two points behind Sheffield United, who had the, who everyone, well, rightly, who everyone says had an had an amazing season. And um, 
and they actually finished with more wins than Sheffield United Southampton. So yeah, I think Danny Ings played a big part of that, and I think he was the biggest surprise to everyone this season. Um, Jack, who did you pick? I'm sure you picked Ings from your face. Yeah, I I, yeah, I did. I just like everything you just said. I completely agree with. We agree with a lot of stuff, Jake. But uh, great minds think alike. Twenty-two goals. Yeah, that that's what I like. Like that's what I think as well. Uh, twenty-two goals for Danny Ings in the Premier League. I I never thought that I would ever see that you know, like that alone. I don't think yeah. you really have to explain it. We all know about his his history with injuries and everything. Twenty-two goals for Danny in finishing in eleventh place. That's like that's absolutely incredible. Uh, yeah. Aiden, what'd you go with? Yeah, Danny Ings was a great shout. I went with uh, I went with uh, Sheffield United. Yeah, uh, they were a major surprise for me. I, I don't I didn't really much about them other than their overlapping center backs. Uh, at the start of the season, I, I thought they might just barely survive, but obviously to finish in ninth and for a long time kind of threatened the Europa League and Champions League places was great to see they had some standout performers and if they get a bit more quality in there they can turn some of those draws into wins and just fly up the table so yeah they're just another team that you've got to watch out for especially for those other teams like your Everton's your Southampton's your Crystal Palaces that's just another team now to compete with like Wolves has been over the last few seasons great shout Aiden thank you yeah I agree with that <laughs> Jack looks angry uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm not angry. I'm just contemplating the future. It's just so sad to see teams come up from the championship and they're already in a better place than Everton. But uh, I'm optimistic. But eventually, I'm just going to be sad about the okay. uh, prospects of Everton in the championship. But uh, lastly, what did you guys think? What was the biggest error of the season, Jake? I'll, I'll start with you. Um, for my biggest error, I went with a goalkeeping mistake. I chose uh, Hugo Lloris against Brighton. Um, so the reason why I chose that is because, well, as we knew, Spurs weren't having a great season at all at that point. Um, Lloris wasn't playing his best, and he let in a soft goal, and he broke his arm at the same time. So I think uh, if there's any any candidate for biggest error of the season, I think that that could, that could be it. Um, Jack, who did you who did you choose? Well, yeah, it was, it was a tough decision because I, I thought there, there were a lot of errors to choose from this season. Uh, I was tempted to just say Jordan Pickford, his ability to be a goalkeeper, it could have just been one in itself. He's just terrible and made so many mistakes throughout the season. He's just incompetent. But I actually just went with the goal line, techno- or, yeah, goal line technology in the Aston Villa and United game. Uh, as we know, Villa just just getting uh, out of the relegation zone and staying out uh, in the last couple of weeks of the season, and uh, the implications that that goal that was uh, ruled out against Sheffield United had on their uh, Premier League survival, I think that's is really telling that really that one goal or that one decision in technology that really I, I don't think I've ever seen it not function like it did in that game. Yeah, it was the first uh, time ever. How it's yeah, exactly, and that that could be a a huge factor in in Villa uh, securing their status in the Premier League for next season. Uh, Aiden, what'd you go with? Biggest mistake. So honestly, this is a bit of banter, but I think that the biggest mistake was not unleashing the beast Jalen's earlier. Oh my God. No, he was scoring on the last game of the season. He should have been unleashed earlier on. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's just a bit of banter. Uh, honestly, biggest mistake. You could say that for me, just from a United fan perspective, I just think not a. It's not that big a mistake now because I don't work for the club, but a big mistake was just the actual fee, in my opinion, that was paid for Maguire. Like, obviously, we were speaking about him. He's in the team of the season for you guys, and he was a great defender. But I just think to put that world record price tag on him and always have him compared to the likes of um, Van Dyke and uh, Ramos and other great defenders and even, like, players like uh, Rio Ferdinand, like Miles Better, that were, like, $30 million at that time. So I just think that was a, a big mistake. Obviously, like people are going to gouge United for that price, but I couldn't really think of a more obvious one. I didn't want to go game by game to think of one. And, yeah, and Jake, Jake, Jake had a very good one there. Oh, thank Maurice. you. But that was mine. Maguire's price tag. They could have maybe 10 to 15 million. I would have been okay with it. You know, the English premium, yeah. like if Chilwell's going for 60 million, then yeah. come on. It, it did just put the pressure on yeah. him too, the big price yeah. tag. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. I think that's that's uh I think that, that makes sense. It's logical. Um do you guys have any, anything else you wanna you wanna add before we wrap things up here? Not much, just uh the Europa League and the Champions League are starting next week and very excited to see those. Um but nothing in depth, no. Yeah, not much for me. Just uh just excited for the Europa League. United have just a tie that doesn't really matter and uh yeah, I just want September to return. I missed the football already. What about you, Jack? Glory, glory, Man United. Uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for the for the Champions League, the Europa League. Not not so much, but uh, to watch wow. the Champions League games. Uh, obviously, Kylian Mbappe. I think you guys would have saw Kylian Mbappe's out, and PSG drew Atalanta. And uh, some people are saying Atalanta are the favorites now with the nine goals that they've scored the season. But uh, we'll cover that next week. In in a in a preview or review, depending on what day we do it, uh, follow us on Twitter at OTL Soccer Pod and send in questions. You can send them on Twitter or send them by email at OTL Soccer Podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, I've said it a bunch of times, but just send in the questions. Eventually, we just want to have a feed to read some quite a couple of questions out per week and just, uh, interact with anybody who's listening. Could be could be. Uh, it'd be cool and yeah if you guys have nothing else to add we'll uh we'll see you next week thanks for listening